welcome into the Sports Buffoons Podcast. Welcome on in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls out there, to the Sports Buffoon Studios here in Overland Park, Kansas. We got Jason JG, Tanner Dawson, and Mike Sutter. What's going on, guys? What's up, everybody? What's up, yo? How's your guys' week been? Uh, you know, I had vacation last week. I'm back at work now this week, and could have gone better. Could be better. Wow, that's that's a Debbie Downer type of a response. Yeah, to sorry guys. Tell me something good, Jason. What's going it's, on? It's been a pretty good week actually because I've stayed sober for most of it. So mm. that's that's helped help me get a keep a positive attitude. Tanner's done, I think, the opposite, but we're not going to talk about that too much because he's been a bad boy lately. I think so. Maybe that's part of his problem. He's been hitting up on the Miller lights and Bush lights of the world's too too not, often. Not Miller. I'll pass on Miller. Miller light, only like Michelob's and all that. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I'll take Ultras. What are you guys drinking right now? I got me some Knob Creek whiskey. Knob Creek gross. whiskey. Well, I got this uh, Capriccio Sangria. Uh, 13.9% 13.9% sangria out of a bottle. It's amazing. Yeah, I told you I had that in Las Vegas, actually. It was pretty good stuff. What do you got, Mike? Uh, I'm still sipping on some Jim Beam Devil's Cut. Oh. Uh, it's, it's good for the price. I mean, it's not as good as, like, Buffalo Trace or, you know, Elijah Craig's The World, but it's <laughs> not so bad. I can, I can sip on that. But I got something even more special. I might as well crack open two drinks at once because we're getting a little freaky here with all the sports talk today. Crack it open. We got we got the NBA finals to discuss. Yep. We got the today we're discussing the NFC North. Talk about Aaron Rodgers, and we're discussing our very first fantasy football topic of the season. So, yes. Uh, in celebration of officially beginning fantasy discussions, I'm going to crack open a anniversary Abbey Ale from Martin City Brewing out here, obviously local to KC. So this guy is a. Uh, Thirteen percent ABV for an Abbeyo. I mean, that's amazing. Their their original Abbey seven and a half, so this one's like almost double. So that. they've just gone up. Dang. Yes, the the Abbey series that they do itself is phenomenal. So it's got like hints of cherry, uh, just like you got to you got to enjoy a little bit of a hints of cherry. So that means it's better than the uh, Prairie Artisan Ales Cherry Bomber that I almost puked after I drank oh. it last week <laughs> on the show. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> That is true. You, you saw great. that earlier today, and you about barfed when we were doing Yeah, I, I together, barfed so. just looking at it. It's disgusting. Uh, hey, you guys, know? you want some breaking Chiefs news? What's the breaking news, Tanner? Did you know Travis Kelsey oh. is actually Travis Kels? His we, own, we said, his own words. We said his last name wrong for how many years? And Andy Reid's the one who's right? Andy's been calling him Kels for his whole career with the Chiefs. But you know what I thought about, Tanner? He coached Jason Kelsey too. Oh, Jason Kels, I should say. Kels. So obviously, but Jason admit like he keeps saying Jason Kelsey. So who would have thought twice about it? But yeah, yeah, Travis is the one who who came out today on a show and was like, "Yeah, I just roll with the punches." It's actually Kels, but you think you he's know. trolling us, Tanner? Because it's been eight years. I I, I think he's trolling six ten. Because, you know, 610 likes to report bullshit. So. You know, I, I feel bad for those guys because I always got pissed off when people pronounce my name wrong because they've been calling me Jason all these fucking years, but it's actually Hassan. Hassan. It's Hassan. <laughs> and I, I got pissed off when they kept saying my name wrong. Yeah. That's great. That was out of control right there. So, I don't know. I don't think we can give up calling him Kelsey, can we? I don't know. That's going to be tough. It'll be difficult. It'll be like... Like, telling me like Tony Gonzalez's last name is 
actually like Rodriguez and you know just making up some shit. That's so. kind of like when he goes into the mm-hmm. Hall of Fame. Will it be as Kelsey or Kels? That's I mean, a, who's going to vote him in as Kels? Well, I thought whenever Raul Mondesi Jr. changed his name to Alberto, that was. Still <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a whole different. That's story. a whole different area, though. <laughs> All right, you guys. Well, uh, something else that makes me want to barf is a little bit of the playing of the Suns from earlier this week. Um, Suns are still up 2-1 in the series right now over the Milwaukee Bucks, but uh, that last game was rough without a doubt. Uh, DeAndre Ayton has played great throughout the whole series, but that was the worst game I've ever seen Devin Booker have personally. Um, so it's just a team that you know they went on the road for the first time in the series and things didn't fall their way. I think at the end of the day, when we look across the, the, the board of how and why things happened the way they did, the loss of 120 to 100 was the final score in that game. I think a lot of it was rebounds. And once DeAndre Ayton was out of the game, that wasn't going to happen anyway. It was over. Um, so offensive rebounds were huge. I thought that you know threes were not happening unless your name was Dre Crowder. Which really Six game, for seven. <laughs> there, there's a game on tonight, you guys. Obviously, game four is coming up here tonight while we're talking. Yep. And yep. You got to think that you know this would be the game where Crowder goes 0 for seven, while Booker and Chris Paul, you know, shoot, you know, at least make half their three pointers or something like that. So that's just the way it rolls. And Jay Crowder's like the, the most streaky three point shooter I've ever seen in my life. So, um, but it really just came down to rebounds and in the paint for me. Uh, there was 24 fouls on the Sun side to 18 for the Bucks. So that was also a big issue where DeAndre Ayton had to be taken out in the third quarter due to having four fouls already. So. As the series unfolds, I'm not worried yet, but if the if the Suns do go down uh, 2-2 and have a loss tonight, then I'll be very concerned about if they can pull this out or not because Giannis stepped up in this past game, made most of his free throws, um, and really two games in a row for Giannis with over 40 points. That's something you don't see very often, especially in the finals. So uh, I'm curious, though, you guys, you know, Jason, you 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 have a lot to, to say about the NBA. You're our NBA outspoken expert here. So you start off here. What do you think about what's going on right now within the finals? Yeah, we know you mentioned uh, Devin Booker, and, you know, the Suns lost game three, 120 to 100. It was basically a blowout. Um, but as far as Devin Booker is concerned, we have to remember that he did break his nose in three places, and we have to take a look and see what we think. I mean, how is that affecting him right now? You know, he was wearing a mask there for a little while. And, you know, I I can only imagine if I were to break my nose, how would that affect my shot? How would that affect my mentality? How would that affect my chemistry with my teammates? But that, to me, is could potentially play a huge uh, role in this series if he's not... 100%, especially shooting his jump shot. Like you said, he had a pretty bad game uh, shooting-wise. But the other part of it, too, is DeAndre Ayton. You know, the Bucs took my advice that I said after game one, and they tried to get DeAndre Ayton into foul trouble, and they were successful in that. And so DeAndre Ayton actually had... A great game. So Aiton was 8 of 11 from the field, 9 rebounds, but he got into foul trouble. He only had 18 points, and I think he would have had a much better game had he not gotten into foul trouble. Uh, but on the other side of the ball, I look at Drew Holiday and Middleton. We all know that these guys play better when they're at home, and a lot of times they play like crap. 
when they're on the road. So Holiday, he had a great game. Um, Middleton, we haven't actually seen a, a Middleton game. Like we haven't seen a Middleton game where he blows up yet. Haven't no, seen it's not part of the cycle the yet. We're still working on the cycle. So he was six of fourteen. He's starting to heat up a little bit, but he was only three of seven from three. Only had eighteen points, but you know that was a decent game for him. Drew Holiday was eight of fourteen from the field, five of ten from three, and nine assists. So that was a great game from Drew Holiday. But when are we going to see uh, a blow-up game for Middleton? I feel like we might see that uh, tonight in Game 4. Um, again, Giannis only took two three-point shots in Game 3. And so, like I said, mm-hmm. the Bucks took my advice, and they said, we're going to play to our strengths, right? They're going to put Giannis in the paint, and we're going to let Giannis dominate their bigs because they don't have any bigs besides yeah. Aiton. They've got Aiton, and that's it. And so we're going to put these guys down on the blocks. Uh, Brooke Lopez, Bobby Portis had really good games. Um, let's see, Brooke, uh, Brooke Lopez, he had a great game. Jason, how about the – I mean, you just said Bobby Portis. That guy's nuts when he comes in, like, last game. He came out of nowhere, and he was very – I don't know, just amazing at it. Yeah, so Bobby Portis, I mean, he was 4 of 11 – he had 11 points, and Brooke Lopez was 4 of 9 with 11 points. But, like, when you add those two guys' point totals together, that, that won them the game. That's mm-hmm. 22 points, mm-hmm. the only one by 20. So that my point right now for the Suns is, like, if you're going to be effective, if you're going to make the appropriate adjustments here, they have to double-team Giannis. And, and to me, that's the only answer at this point because – if you're going to be the Bucks and you're going to play big and you're going to dominate the Suns just by slowing the game down, playing in the paint, then the only answer for me is the double-team Giannis Antetokounmpo. And the Suns... You mean the Giannis wall? Yeah, they got to put up with the wall for Giannis. Okay. They have to double-team well, him because... He's even fouled now because that's what it's coming down to now is foul him. Put him at the free throw line and go from there. But you're saying that he he shot decently from free throw. It didn't seem like that, but he was actually he yeah he did yeah yeah, yeah. I'm saying I'm saying like put you, him on you the could line do that but you're gonna get fouled that's so fine you're gonna, you're gonna get a foul that that's point. how that's how he also part we're partly also talking beats about it. saving Aiton for the Suns' sake and we can't have him fouling out of the game it's it's not even about the free throws guys because he's gonna have good free throw shooting games he's gonna have bad games but if they don't double team him. Guess what? Aiton's going to be in foul trouble every single game from here on out. And so the Suns, you know, they're going to have good shooting games and bad shooting games. But guess what is going to be the constant throughout the entire series is that Giannis Antetokounmpo is going to blow up. I mean, he's going to continue to put up 40 points a game. And I still have the Suns winning this series in six games only because they have the home court advantage. However, did you guys hear about this stat? Only two players in NBA history that have had back-to-back 40 and 10 games are Giannis and Shaquille O'Neal. Mm-hmm. And so right now, I feel like if the Bucks can figure out a way to pull out this series, I've got Giannis as the second-best player in the league if he wins, only behind Kevin Durant. I think Kevin Durant's the best player in the league. 
based on what he did trying to carry his team in these playoffs. And Giannis is the second best player on the team. But for the Suns, the Suns need to play with pace. Okay, so we all know the Suns, when they speed the game up and CP3 starts running the offense, they start shooting threes, they get on fire, that's when they play a little bit better. And But on the other side, I feel like Giannis, he's out there to prove that he's the best player on the court in this series because the last when we met last week, guys, I told you that Giannis is only the third best player in this series. And so I feel like he probably listened to that when I said that CP3 and Devin Booker are better players than him. And he's got a chance right now to prove that he is the best player, not only in the series, but in all of the NBA. You know, right now, Giannis, because he looks so healthy right now, too. I can't even tell his injury. I love his strategy, though, is he's sitting out early more often. And then when it comes to that mid-time, that third, late second quarter, third quarter, where he just dominates people because he's the one most he's the most most refresh and he wants the ball. Giannis right now is playing like a madman, and Shaquille O'Neal even put a little Superman tag on him recently here. Like Giannis is on a whole different level, I think right now. Right, you talk about his injury. I mean, it was a hyperextended knee. I, I don't think that that's a problem right now. No, I when, when you're putting you can't up tell, forty and ten for two consecutive games, to me that's not the problem. Big question for me is Devin Booker and how is that broken nose affecting him? Because he obviously had a bad shooting game. I know it's on the road, but that's my biggest concern right now. Is are we getting a hundred percent from Devin Booker? Because we all know we're getting a hundred percent from Giannis. Correct, and I think the Devin Booker thing goes kind of kind of got to credit. Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday was on Booker most of the game, and he, he just was in his face. He wouldn't let Booker really get open. He would like he was always contesting shots. Middleton was doing the same thing with Booker. Those two players alone, actually Tucker and you, even uh, uh, Portis, like you can't – there's guys in his face. You get in Booker's face and you don't allow him to drive the lane, this is what happens when that ha- we are allowed. Yeah, because of the broken nose, he might not be as aggressive – but, I don't know, maybe it's a good thing for the Suns, too, because he didn't have to play a 40-minute game. He played a 29-minute. You know, maybe the same thing with Aiton. Aiton was in foul trouble most of the game because they were driving inside uh, with his five fouls, and he only played 24 minutes. So, in a way, this could be a good thing for the Suns on losing that game because now they're a little bit more refreshed because all your starters for the Bucks here played pretty much 30 or above. So there's that positivity if you think about it going into a long series. Yeah, so bottom line, I want to know who you guys have tonight because I think it's going to be a 2-2 series. I do have the Suns in six, but who you guys got for tonight in game four? Mike, who you got? Yeah, as you guys know, we said this, uh, I think, last week, but I do have the Suns winning in seven is my prediction, and I do have the Suns winning tonight, as a matter of fact, too. So I do have the Suns going up 3-1, but... I feel like at some point, um, I think the Bucks are getting a little bit of a, a rhythm together right now, especially after that last game, to where they know they now what they're capable of, and especially when Giannis is on fire like that, that you know he can get in there and cause damage. So, I think tonight, yeah, the Suns uh, do get a victory. I think the Booker has a big bounce back. I think you know Crowder probably goes down from his seven of eight three point shots. 
Um, but I think Chris Paul plays a great game, and, and Booker has a rebound. Who, who's your key player? Who has to have the most success to get this W for Phoenix? Oh, I've, without a doubt, it's DeAndre Ayton to me because Ayton, the way he's played, is he is. If you take him away from the Suns, they don't win a game. You take away Chris Paul from for a game, they can still win. Take away Booker for a game, they can still win. Take away DeAndre Ayton right now, that team's not going to win. So for me, like DeAndre Ayton, being consistent still with what he's been doing the last few games and within the playoffs and playing at a high level like he's done, that is to me the most important factor for the Suns right now. Yeah, Jason. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned Crowder there because that that blew my mind when I saw I went six of seven. Hold up the three, baby! I thought to myself, well, he's due to shit the bed in the next game, so we can pretty much count on that. That's, what, over eight today. that's what Mike and I talked about, too, during the game. That was good stuff. Uh, so my, my original prediction, Suns in five. Um, I'm actually kind of going back on this, just the fact that Giannis looks so healthy, consecutive 40-point games, and if they continue to get DeAndre Ayton in foul trouble and have him on the bench, there's nobody out there that's going to contend with Giannis on the rebounds, and we saw that last game. Crowder couldn't do it. Uh, Cam Johnson was having issues. Frank Kaminsky is a joke. So, like, you're not going to have that same effort that you have Aiden. If Aiden's in there, it's going to be more of a fight, and Aiden will actually win majority of the time. But without Aiden in that in that spot, down low, get, trying to get those boards, that's a Giannis game all day, and it's just going to go right back up because he's so strong. So, Tonight, I know it said Suns and five, but I think Bucks are going to win again. They're at home. They're they got momentum going on. Um, so I mean, my prediction I think it's going to be Ron and five. So I'm going to probably go Suns and six. Oh, you changed your. I opinion. did change. Wow, wow. I thought Just, you were going to stay strong. Well, no, I'm not staying strong because I watched <laughs> the game. So I think Giannis. Pulls it out tonight. He has another 40-point game and just completely dominates the Three 40-burgers in a row? Three 40-burgers in a row. He's the best player in the NBA outside of LeBron James. Yeah, well, just to be clear, there there is a path, guys. There is a path for the Bucks to win this series. So even though I think we all have the Suns winning, like there's a clear-cut path to Bucks, for the Bucks to win, and that's to just keep playing their game and keep playing big. Throwing those big bodies out there and getting Aiton into foul trouble because if that happens and if uh, Devin Booker's not 100% right now, that could be an issue. And that, I think that's the path for me for the Bucks to win the championship. Yeah, Tanner, it's uh, funny you mentioned LeBron James just there. I, I really wanted to be mad at you, but I was like also thinking to myself, you guys realize Space Jam 2 comes out this Friday? I keep forgetting about like, that. It's coming out this Friday. The, the second, the first one came out. Obviously, Michael Jordan. I think that the year was like was it nineteen ninety five, ninety six, somewhere around there, when Jordan Space Jam came out. That was a great movie. I absolutely love that movie. Um, but are you are you gonna go with your wife or you know you and your your daughter? And no, all I'm not going to watch it. Space Jam. Team? No, I'm not going to take the time out and go watch new Space Jam. Mm. I'll wait for it to you know maybe release on this one site. So. On this one site, yeah, you yeah. Know those forbidden websites that you go to, just Plex. So, oh, okay, everyone knows about that now. So, I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of waiting on that. I'm not going to go out of my way for it, but I am, a, I am, I kind of do want to see because I heard there was some throwback in there from the MJ one. So, so I just had a quick question for you guys, kind of before we get to the NFC North, or before we get to the NFC North, talk a little Rogers and so on. But so then, who do you think would be your favorite all-time sports athlete who played a role in a movie? Uh, he didn't have to be the star of the movie by any means, but just someone who had some kind of role to play within a movie. We've had so so many over the t- over the years. We had you know Ray Allen was one with a movie at one point. Brett Favre was in movies. Terry Bradshaw, Ronda Rousey, 
uh, obviously Dan Marino, uh, Michael Jordan, obviously, as we mentioned. So do you have one that comes to mind, like favorite pro athlete that was ever in movies? Yeah, you know, I, I saw that movie with Ronda Rousey, and it was actually a very good role. The problem with that role is that her career flamed out like shortly after that, and she was yeah. officially washed. Yeah. So I don't think that role had as, as big of an impact as it could have, but uh, just a couple of them for me, guys. I mean, you guys both know that my favorite movie of all time is The Hangover. So no athlete will ever compare to Mike Tyson in The Hangover. Like, that's bar none. So that would be my number one. But my number two has got to be the Ray Allen movie, He Got Game, 1998. That was starring Denzel Washington. And, uh, you know, Ray Allen played a guy by the name of Jesus Shuttlesworth. (laughs) And my favorite thing about that movie, even though it was a long time ago, like, I think I was a teenager, I don't even remember that shit, but... The, the only thing I remember about that movie is that all he did the whole movie was bang hookers. And so I thought, wow, Ray Allen must be a pretty cool guy. So that's uh, that was my second favorite behind Mike Tyson in The Hangover. I like it. I like it. Uh, mine is the former number one overall pick in the 1967 NFL draft by the Baltimore, Courts, uh, Baltimore Colts. That would be Bubba Smith in Police Academy. Police Academy series, he was... Such an awesome guy to watch. I love those series, period. But the fact that he was what he was, was dominating college, because he is in the College Football Hall of Fame. And so they recaptured his character so well in those series of just being the guy that tears off doors and, you know, comes over and knocks heads. So uh, Bubba Smith for the Police Academy series is my favorite. I think if I was to ask this question of my dad, he'd probably pick Jim Brown because he was in a bunch of like westerns and stuff like that back in the 60s. Um, so obviously he had a great NFL career, known as one of the best running backs of all time, and maybe for the time period the best of all, you know, the best of all time right there with honestly OJ Simpson <laughs> around the same time period. Um, but he was also in, in 100 Rifles, he was in Slaughter, Black Gun, Three the Hard Way. Um, some of those sound like porn star names kind of in my <laughs> mind, but if I had to really give you guys one that comes to mind for me, just because I do love uh, Ace Ventura, Pet Detective so much, Dan Marino would be my pick, uh, just to kind of have him included in the movie. Was he great at acting? No, probably not, uh, but I thought he did a great job. Now, if you ask me, my teenage self, this same question, I'm going to tell you The Rock and John Cena all the way. Like those were, my, those were my guys growing up, so when The Rock started doing movies early on, it was a pretty cool thing going to see him from you know, being in the ring to all of a sudden acting in a movie. And obviously, in turn, he kind of quit wrestling and just went full-fledged into acting, which, which, I mean, would he have made as much money if he'd stayed in wrestling? I don't think so. So Probably not. <laughs> yeah, not quite so much. I think he's uh, very successful with everything he's done. I think he's actually the highest-paid actor in the world. Yeah, I think I so. Right. So it's pretty wild to think about. So successful and still going, so strong on movies. Watching his career unfold as a wrestling fan. And, and he still comes back to wrestle. Yeah, I don't know if it's quite the same as it used to be, but he might he might be doing those kind of things these days. All right, you guys. Well, let's let, let's discuss a little bit about some teams like, you know, some thoughts on the Chicago Bears and the Detroit Lions and the Green Bay Packers. Um, some teams like that. The NFC North is our topic of the day. And with that said, I'm going to start it off here with you guys with the Minnesota Vikings. So Minnesota Vikings obviously had some additions at cornerback 
they did add in Patrick Peterson. They also, also added in Brashad Breland as well. Um, I think those are both great acquisitions for the moment. Hopefully Breland stays clean, does not get himself into trouble, and gets suspended again like he was known for with the Chiefs at times. But as far as in the run-stopping game, you know, big physical corners like that, you got two guys both over six feet tall playing corner. I like big corners like that, so I think that's great. Um, now, this is also a team where you're going to have a guy who's got a lot of touches under his belt now uh, as far as a running back. So keep in mind, we, you know, we're still going to have Kirk Cousins involved and that kind of thing. So this team is pretty much the same as it was the year before. I don't see, like, a whole lot of changes within the team and things playing out any differently, really. Um, I think someone to watch for, you know, Danielle Hunter, defensive end. Mm-hmm. Um, so that guy is going to be something to watch for as he is back after a neck injury in 2020. Um, so I don't really know what to think about the team right now other than I think they're going to be very average. Um, you guys know how I feel about the running back situation there. So he had the second <laughs> uh, most touches next to Derrick Henry. So uh, yep. that, that is uh, something to watch out for. He's probably – Due for another and injury at this They had time. Amir Abdullah resign as well. Oh, gosh. Amir Abdullah. Still He's still around, around man. I'm sold. Still <laughs> hanging around. So, I, I like the Vikings here to go 9-8 and eight on the season, is my prediction record-wise. So, just above 500, obviously. So, anyways, what do you guys think about this? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to go with 10-7 and seven for the Vikings. Now, looking at the odds here, they are plus 225. So, if anyone's out there... That's a true believer that Aaron Rodgers is not going to be playing for the Packers. Uh, I'm going to be all over this bet at plus 225 to win the division. I love the offense here. I love Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, and the guy that Mike has a hard on for, Dalvin Cook. They got a revamped offensive line. Defense was shitty as fuck last year, but they added Patrick Peterson to uh, help out that secondary. They've got the number 13 hardest schedule in the league and so i'm i don't know i'm going with 10 and 7 for the vikings i like 10 and 7 i think that's fair i think that's fair with the qb play as well i think the defense will carry a lot of these guys so they're returning a a pretty good linebacking core their offensive our defensive lines coming back um so these guys were seven to nine last year they missed the playoffs Obviously, we knew about the rough start because we didn't even know if they were even going to win a game the way it's rolling. Uh, but, yeah, they shot signed Bashad Breland, McKenzie Alexander as well at corner, Xavier Woods from Dallas at safety, and Patrick Peterson at cornerback. They lost Kyle Rudolph to the Giants. They lost Riley Reef as well for left tackle. So I'm a little worried about their offensive line, honestly, of protecting Cousins and getting those open holes without Rudolph and Reef on the offensive line. But – kind of never know with the schemes they may play um i think their big keys keys to success to win this division rogers or no rogers is qb play and o-line play are they going to be able to protect cousins can they give cousins enough time to make those decisions to get to jefferson to get to Thielen? so i think qb play is going to be a huge one uh i think also with sheldon richardson at defensive tackle coming into play as well for the vikings it's giving that chance to get that secondary a chance to make those turnovers there's talent in that secondary guys there's playmakers the defensive line needs to be able to get to the quarterback and force it to allow the secondary to get those forced turnovers and finally what has the vikings been known for for their demise the last few years it's called field goal kicking guys they cut dan bailey so they got so they gotta find a field goal kicker this offseason like 
training camp. They got Greg Joseph, a two-year guy, and they uh, have Riley Patterson, who is a rookie. It's the two options. Somebody has to, has to make field goals around here. They, they lost games because Dan Bailey missed field goals. You you go back two, three, four years of just horrible field goal kicking. So that's going to be a huge, I think, another huge thing because that does cost you games. So, uh, like I said, Minnesota. I think for me, ten seven, probably a wild card. Um, you know, it all depends on one guy. So. Yeah, you guys think highly of them, I think, a little bit. I have them just missing the playoffs barely. So, But then again, with having seven teams from each conference in the playoffs, it's a possibility without a doubt. I don't think they're a bad t- team by any means. Uh, but did we, did we always forget here the Chicago Bears finished last year 8-8? Eight and eight? Yeah. I think it felt weird because they started off hot. and like I think they started off 3-0 or something along those lines. And this was a team last year, if you look back at some of our old footage, uh, I think I had them going like five and eleven or something like that. I did. I had the Bears, you know, finishing pretty low. Well, we trashed the Bears last year. Yeah, I totally trashed the Bears. I didn't trash them. I was a big sorry, believer in the beginning. Sorry, Jason, but we trashed them. We did saw them regress to the means basically throughout the season and finish up at eight and eight. Uh, but this is also a team that I think does have some talent defensively, without a doubt. Uh, if you look across the board, you got Hakeem uh, Hakeem Hicks at defensive tackle, Mario Edwards Jr., Khalil Mack still there, Roquan Smith. Danny Trevathan is still there. Robert Quinn, Desmond Trufant, Deshaun Gibson, Eddie Jackson's a playmaker, and Jalen Johnson. Like, that is a good list of players to have on your defense. Like, that is that is a list of players that uh, can absolutely be within the top eight defense in the league. And you're not even missing out. They signed Mike Pinnell. And they, yeah, Mike Pinnell. That's depth that right there, man. That's good depth. That's, that's good run stop. We love right Pinnell. There. So they got the pass rush of guys like Robert Quinn and and uh, Khalil Mack. Yep. And then they got the, the run stopper of Mike Pinnell. Like this, this should be a good defense on paper. And Rock on Smith, that linebacker, still in the Ed, middle. Eddie Goldman's still there. Too. Eddie, yeah, Eddie Goldman like, is a backup. It's a great defense. He's actually a backup right now, Tanner. So that's that's, that's actually amazing. Wild to think about. <laughs> and Eddie Goldman's a good player. Uh, in the draft, they did add Tevin Jenkins, one of the guys I liked at left tackle. If the Chiefs were to take a tackle at their position, uh, if they'd stayed there, that was one of the guys. That was one of the guys I liked. I yeah. think he's a good mauler. I think he's a guy that's big, nasty, and mean. Um, and the offensive line works. I mean, Cody Whitehair is still there, <laughs> and so overall, there's good quality talent on this team. Now, I mean, Jimmy Graham's still alive, so he's hanging around out there. Might still be able to put up numbers, but that's going to be iffy, probably not consistent. Um, I think they, where, they, where they lack the most, without a doubt, is in the receiving group. Um, Allen Robinson carries the team, basically, receiving-wise. Uh, they do have Marquise Goodwin is now part of the roster. But they're going into the season right now with Darryl, Darnell Mooney and Demir Bird as their starting receivers next to Allen Robinson. So, and what, Anthony Miller is still on the roster. Yeah, but he hasn't done anything since the rookie year. No, so he hasn't done anything. That's part of the issue. Like, Period. We need to see more production. But before I wrap it over to you guys, uh, Andy Dalton, Justin Fields, Nick Foles, that is the quarterback group. If I don't like Andy Dalton in this situation because he needs help to be successful. He does not have the offense, playmakers that is, to be able to be successful with this team. Then again, Justin Fields is not ready either. So I think Fields fits in well as a backup to learn and progress over the course of the season with especially Nick Foles on the roster. I think the Bears have a great defense with a pretty horrible offense when you look at what they have to offer. So to me, the Bears end up finishing here 7-9 and nine on the season is my prediction. 7-9, and nine. interesting. What you got? Well, I tell you what, I, I look at the Bears and what they did last year, and I was a big believer when they started out hot. And what happened? 
Nick Nick Foles got him a few wins, and then he sort of r- ran out of steam. And I, I kind of compare that to what Andy Dalton's going to do this year. And to me, it's going to be the exact same thing. I mean, Andy Dalton might have a few good games in the beginning, but, I mean, he's not going to do shit compared to Nick Foles. I mean, they're basically – I mean, they're they're both basically – decent starters but really they probably should be backup quarterbacks and so I think Andy Dalton's going to run out of steam the same way that Nick Foles did last year now the Bears did have a great draft and I agree with you Mike they do have a great defense they were um, they're right now they're plus 400 in the odds now I think that's a pretty decent bet again if you think that Aaron Rodgers is not going to be in this division uh, I think plus 400 is a decent bet. I've got the Bears at 8-9. and nine. That's my official prediction. Uh, but I have heard talks that Justin Fields is going to sit out the entire year. And I personally hope that they stick to that no matter how bad yeah, I do too. the quarterback play gets because I do not want to see them ruin his career. And yep. so I don't care if you have to sit there and start Andy Dalton and then Nick Foles. I don't care if they alternate every other week. I don't give a shit. I don't want to see them ruin Justin Fields' career. So I hope they stick to that. I hope he sits out. Um, you know, they added Damian Williams at running back. Correct. So mm-hmm. former Chiefs running back. Correct. I mean, that might, Cohen, Montgomery, and Williams. That that might help him out a little bit. I, I've got him at 8-9. and nine. Um, I, I do think the Vikings are a better team at this point in time so that's that's my official prediction eight and nine for the bears i said the same thing right we were both on the eight nine bandwagon yeah okay. yeah so they were eight and eight right they got the mm-hmm. wild card second nfc north uh they lost to the saints in the playoffs matt Nagy, who's been on the hot seat does return and hopefully that is the case with justin fields because i would love to see him actually stick to a plan in any dalton nick Foles all day and only use justin fields unless you don't have any quarterback options um, so key departures, Mike already talked about all the additions. Uh, key departures, guys, Kyle Fuller is gone for the defensive back. Uh, that was a salary, I believe, cut. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, Mitch Trubisky, which you can only imagine it might be play. I don't know. But <laughs> anybody anybody want him? Oh, yeah, somebody got him Trubisky, already. Trubisky, I think they want he's, him in the CFL. He, he's he's the backup to Josh Allen right now. So uh, keys to success for the Bears, guys. QB play. They got to have consistent QB play. Andy Dalton, when he was with uh, Dallas last year, it took him quite a while to figure it out. Yes, he was playing with offensive line backups, but, man, that took a long time for him to adjust. And Nick Foles, like Jason said last year, it was was hot for a minute, and it was gone. It was gone, and Mitch had to take over, then that's why they got the wild card. So I think QB play, good win. Needs to stay healthy and be a producer on the wideouts. I agree with Mike. There's just not enough weapons on this team. Graham's not going to do a lot. Um, but I love Goodwin, and I love the fact that Allen Robinson is uh, being reported that he will play on their franchise tag. That is, I believe, the deadline's tomorrow. So uh, he will play on the franchise tag once again um, on that. And I think the big key to even winning, guys, is going to be this defense. You already talked about the linebacking core, the defensive line depth. Uh Safeties like this. This is probably gonna be a top tier defense, um, but I got them being six and eleven. Um, I think the defense carries them most of the time, but I think the poor QB play and not enough offensive 
weapons, honestly, is what's going to hurt them. They're not going to be able to score enough points, and that's the name of the game. They're going to be Hold'em, and they ain't going to score enough points. So I'm going 6-11 and 11 this year, probably third place in the NFC North. Yeah, let's go ahead and send it up north of Chicago, actually, and go over to Detroit uh, here for a moment because we got to get to them at some point. I know this is not a team anyone really likes talking about right Rough. now. Uh, they did add, obviously, Jared Goff as, as a quarterback for the team. I don't really understand the point of the trade they made sending Stafford to the Rams, but, you know, in the end, they swapped quarterbacks. We know who got the better end of the deal on that whole trade. Um, and the problem is, right now, for Jared Goff, his career is in trouble with this situation he's in. <laughs> yeah, <because> he is. <laughs> the thing is, this is not some, oh, I'm going to a new team to learn a new system. No, you're going to a new team with shit. And so that's the best way I could put it for him. For him. Nice as you could. When you walk into a team and your starting receivers are Brashad Perriman and Tyrell Williams, you're in trouble. Like, you are in big trouble. And, you know, look, you know, you got DeAndre Swift back there. Help okay, he's okay. me. Mr. Fumbleitis. me. Mr. Fumbleitis back there. Um, you have a subpar offensive line. I mean, you just got issues everywhere. The defense is trash. Like, this is one of the worst rosters I've ever seen top to bottom <laughs> across the board. It's disgusting. And, like, the fact that like, you have general managers who can put together a team of this caliber and be allowed to still have jobs, like, that's, it just amazes it's me. It's a new GM, too. It's, just, it's disgusting. Like, it's a new GM. Is Jim Bob Cooter still on the team? That's the only Jim thing Bob Cooter. Is okay. he on the team still? Head coach is Dan Campbell. Poor him because he's going to get fired. MC DC. Um, Anthony Lynn is their offensive coordinator. And, you know, Aaron Glenn's their defensive coordinator. So I, I feel bad work. for Dan Campbell because I think he could be a good coach, but we'll never know, at least anytime soon, because his team is going to, you know, shit the bed all year long. So let me let me take a moment here. <laughs> they got Jeff Okuda at cornerback, okay? Third overall last year, you know, is this, this is one of those deals. He's a good player, right? He's a good player on paper. Um, but so that's good for them to go somewhere. I mean, they got guys on the roster like Jamie Collins, Trey Flowers, Michael Brockers. That's great. They got uh, Jalen Reeves Maven, who was actually, I think, a former chief. Um, this After that, you got Willa Harris, Tracy Walker, Corn Elder as your other cornerback on their roster. His name's Corn Elder. Corn <laughs> Elder is the starting cornerback. For the Detroit Lions. Oh, man. Oh, um, man. We're going to have issues without a doubt. This is probably going to be a bottom, you know, bottom five defense and probably a a bottom eight offense without a doubt. I mean, it's going to get ugly. And, you know, if nothing else, Jared Goff's going to throw the ball probably 600 times this year. Yeah. So he's just going to be throwing it. So, hey, if you guys want fantasy numbers, Tyrell Williams might be a guy to look for because who else are you going to throw to? I mean, that's that's your option, right? right, You know, right there. So. I mean, this. Otherwise, oh this gosh. team to me is three and fourteen is my prediction for the record. So, uh, just put them in the trash, Kobe style. Jason, man, what do you got? You love well, Detroit, as you guys can see. <laughs> it's very difficult for us to talk about this team without laughing very, very hard. <laughs> and so, here's my thing. And I always bring in the NBA comparison. So, before the Atlanta Hawks got Trey Young, we always said on this show that. The Atlanta Hawks were, that was the place where players went to die, right? When they started to be washed, they started to suck a little bit, they all went to the Atlanta Hawks. Well, that's that's basically the Detroit Lions, okay? It's it's a shitty-ass fucking team. I'm looking at the odds right now, 
it's plus 2,500. Should be plus 10,000. Probably should be plus a million. If anyone wants to make that fucking bet for them to win the fucking division, that's not going to happen. Jared Scott's going to have a great year. So, basically, (laughs) I mean, we all know they downgraded a quarterback. And I I bring it back to, uh, wait, I have to throw out the fact that they drafted Panay Sewell, right? Yeah. He's a great fucking player. So, congratulations, Lions fans. you got a great fucking offensive tackle over there. But (laughs) we've had an argument on this show before when we talk about these uh, college teams that we think could beat professional teams. And I think this is a perfect time to bring that up. No. Because as shitty as that fucking Lions roster is, I mean, who's the best team in college football? It still beat Alabama. It still beat Alabama. Okay, so I'm going to – I'll put a bet out there right now that, you know, if we could make that exhibition game happen – It'd be Alabama uh, would kick the shit out of no, this fucking team. Detroit would kill them. It'd be the one team they'd beat. Outside of that, I have nothing to say about the Lions. I feel sorry for them, you know, because it's basically a minor league team. All um, right, let's get this breakdown going here. Detroit Lions, five and eleven, last in the NFC North for the third consecutive season, guys. They hired MCDC to the town. Uh, they did in. At a, the Anthony Lynn here to, of course, the staff as well. Uh, they added Deuce Staley, Mark Brunel to the coaching staff as well, guys. A couple of former names there. Um, key additions, Jared Goff by trade, Tyrell Williams, Josh Hill at tight end, Michael Brockers by trade, Charles Harris, defensive end, and Jamal Williams, running back. Key departures, one man and one man only, Matthew Stafford by trade for Goff. Um, guys, key success here. Goff has to be good, period. He needs to be, what What was it, 2018 Rams? Yeah. Right? All right, 2018 Rams. He needs to be Goff 2018 good, good, period. I think all Goff has long. that capability. He does. But he has to but be that good. It's not going to happen now. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Defense is going to suck. He's got capability. But That's all he I, I anticipate, so defense does suck, but I anticipate MCDC getting on this defensive squad, and there are going to be times and moments that they're going to shine through the season, potentially be that middle of the group, but they're going to finish in the last, of course. I think the biggest key for Detroit, and I think that's going to make him win a few games, is the run game. The run game, the run game, the run game. That's all they got. Swift they, has fumble issues. I mean, what are we going to do here? Jamal Williams, that running back, he blew up for the Packers a little bit. Okay, with okay. the Packers. Yes, I know. It's two different with lines. The Lions, that's but, not going to happen. But you got two or three different running backs on that squad right now that you need to just pound the ball to give Goff some kind of time uh, on play action passes. Maybe we can put uh, on Johnson and Barry Sanders back in there. Kerryon Johnson's with the Redskins, dude. I don't know. Or can Barry, can you bring team. Barry My Sanders bad. out of retirement? Yeah, there we go. Cancel nation. So if you put Barry Sanders in there right now. He's oh, he'd still better be better. Than, is AP still with him? I didn't. Even, I, no, he's off the roster at this point. He is off the. Okay. Yeah, I mean, they, they might bring him back. So, yeah. no but more Adrian Peters. Look, or, maybe maybe he's still. On there, I thought he still was on there. He might still be on the team. I actually. think the bottom line here is we spent way too much fucking time look, talking about the Lions. Can we please uh, Lions? Move on? My Lions prediction. Is four, four and thirteen. <laughs> okay. Hey, you're right with me. I said three and fourteen. So we're, yeah. we're no, I'll take the under on both of those. Are you gonna say they're the first defeated team of the seven? Oh, two, two wins. wins. All right, never mind. Fuck them. All right. Oh, oh crap. just to set the record straight. Yes, yeah, so AP is off the line. He is off. off. Okay. Cool. All right, guys. Let's move on real quick. Last one of the division for the NFC North. 
Green Bay Packers, we have a situation unfolding still with Aaron Rodgers. Currently, he has no interest in being a part of the team at the moment. Uh, will he show up to training camp? We don't know yet. Uh, I, I think that we got to put this in perspective a little bit because for Aaron Rodgers, when we talked about this before, you and I did, Tanner, how I think that this team got to the NFC Championship game, they played the Buccaneers, they had a lead in the fourth quarter, and blew it, right? Correct. Okay. Aaron Rodgers is always pissed off because of the way apparently he's been treated within the organization. He wants more input and emphasis put into, I think, draft picks as well as free agents, which we know the Packers don't do that. Um, so I think his, he's, he has frustration because of you know the draft additions of guys like Jordan Love um, and then not adding enough to the offensive weaponry at tight end and receiver. So that's my uh, thoughts about you know Rodgers' situation. Do I think he's going to show up? Uh, yes, I do. And I'm going to assume while I speak about this that he's going to be a part of the team throughout the entire season. So uh, with that said, I think the Packers do still have a fairly average defense right now. I think they have a great scheme um, led by Joe Barry, defensive coordinator. But I think that they do have some things to be you know, sought after, at least when it comes to um, the pass game. So, you know, Alexander corner is great, great corner. Kevin King has a lot to prove still. Could be great, but still young. We haven't seen enough yet. got to stay healthy, too. Right. Adrian Amos and then Darnell Savage Jr., those are your starting safeties. Um, I like safeties, Amos. Those, those guys are okay, right? Everything's fine. Linebackers I have a problem with because we're going into the season right now. Now, Zadarius Smith, he's a good player. Mm-hmm. But Kamal Martin and Barnes, I don't really and they, believe And they lost Christian Kirksey, who was good depth for them as well. Yeah, Kirksey's so been around a long they got, time. They got rid of him. I just think there's a lot there in the front seven that are going to be kind of an issue when it comes to pass rush. And that, in turn, is going to make the corners look worse than they really are. Because I think the secondary does have some talent there on the back end, on the outsides at least, uh, to where you're just not going to get enough push from guys like Dean Lowry and, you know, Rashawn Gary. Like, I just don't see those guys making an impact on the, on the field pass rush-wise. So they're going to have a problem with that. When they have a problem with that, secondary then is hurt in return. The good news is for the Packers, they still do have their whole offense back from last year. So uh, Aaron Jones has returned due to a new contract. Um, and did you guys? I can't, still can't believe how Robert Tanyan had 11 touchdowns last year. Like they're like 52 catches and 11 touchdowns. That's what Aaron Rodgers does, man. That's not adding. That's what Aaron Rodgers does. It's the weirdest thing. He, which which we always given Rodgers crap because he doesn't throw to tight ends enough. All of a sudden he has one blow up like. You know, he's gone through Jimmy Graham, Mercedes Lewis, and what do those guys do? I mean, with that team, they really don't do much. Martellus you know? Bennett. Yeah, Martellus Bennett, which he's an idiot anyway. So. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> really their, their main guy that he targets, obviously, is Devontae Adams, who had a phenomenal season. And then Alan Lazard is also one of their starting receivers right now, too. So, the uh, Lizard King. I'm going to assume, uh, you know, without Rodgers, here's the deal. This team is under 500 without Rodgers, without a doubt. I agree. With Rodgers on the field, this team is still a successful team. This should finish to me about 12-5. and five. That is my prediction. With Rodgers and without Rodgers, I'm going to go ahead and make that actually a 6-11 and 11 roster. I think Rodgers gives them an extra six wins just by being on the field. Agreed. What do you got? Well, we all have to give our predictions as far as what we think is going to happen with Aaron Rodgers. Is he going to play? Is he not going to play? Is he going to play for a different team? Um, I personally think that he is going to play, and he's going to play for the Packers. Uh, you look at the odds right now, the Packers are minus 125 to win the division, which is absolutely absolutely horrible bet. 
uh, because we don't know what the situation here is. My opinion is I don't believe that Aaron Rodgers is going to punish his teammates. I believe that he likes his teammates, and so I think he is actually going to show up to training camp. And I think he's going to show up at the very beginning. He's already punished the front office by shitting on them publicly. And I'm, I just don't think he's going to hold out. It's not that he doesn't have the balls to hold out, because he's already proven that he has the balls to do whatever the fuck he wants. But I think the Packers have the talent on both sides of the ball. And the majority of their starters are returning. They re-signed Aaron Jones. They're a contender if their defense can be above average. And so my thought here is that, you know, we've had this big saga playing out and Aaron Jones obviously can't stand the organization, but I look at the organization a little bit differently than I look at the players and his teammates. And so I feel like although we think that Aaron Rodgers is talking a lot of shit right now or treating the organization like shit, I think he thinks very highly of his teammates, and I do think he's going to be there on day one. So I will say that they're going to go 13-4. and four. That's my prediction. I like it. I like it. So Packers last year, 13-3, first place, lost NFC Conference Championship to uh, Mr. Tom Brady. Uh, Rodgers was MVP last year as well. Uh, they didn't really have much key additions, guys. Maybe Blake Bortles because of worry because of Rodgers, but that's about it. Uh, they lost Christian Kirksey like we talked about, and they also lost all-pro center Corey Lindsley. Uh, but they also were returning quite some depth in there on the offensive line, so it's not a really huge hit for them. Uh, you know, this team is really based off of Rodgers' decision in the end. I'm not too worried about it. The guy said, hey, we'll see in a couple of weeks. I think he shows. I think everything's fine. He plays the game he plays and potentially another MVP year, obviously. Um, most of the team is the same, so you kind of see what you got last year. He can only elevate it from there. Uh, so everything's still quality here. Uh, I'm going to go Green Bay. You're going to be, uh, what would be, that would be 12 and... Five. Five? Wow. 12 and five, guys. We're going to just take a small step down from last year, but you'll still be right in contention for that championship spot. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing the drama unfold as the Packers season moves on here and the training camp begins. All right, guys, let's move on to... Fantasy talk, right? Fantasy talk. So, fantasy talk, real quick, while we talk about the QBs coming up here, I want you guys to throw out here, Samuel here on our YouTube said he traded Montgomery. He already did his draft. David so Montgomery. He said he traded David Montgomery for uh, Andrews. Uh, so he got Montgomery. He traded Andrews. Okay. Because he absolutely is uh, – because – oh, sorry. I traded Montgomery for Andrews because I'm absolutely at running back with RB, R, arguably three RB1s, but he has literally no tight ends. So he's looking at what kind of option could be on the free agent line. He, so he, he, I'm just reading that again, Tanner. Hold on. Yeah. So – get off there, Tanner. He, so he said he – I traded Montgomery for Andrews because I'm absolutely loaded at running back with no RB1s, but he has no tight end. But he did add Andrews, obviously, to the mix, right? Correct. He got Andrews to the mix, so now he's looking for some depth on the tight end range of potentially who could be there on the free agent list after a draft. After so. a draft. Well, Andrews, obviously, is going to be a guy that gets drafted during the draft. Correct. Um, do I have as much of a high hopes for him as I did two years ago? No. I no. think that that's a different situation now, and 
teams have figured out how to eliminate him as a threat in the Ravens' offense. So, yeah. So um, just kind of think about ideas as we talk through this list here, and we can maybe answer it at the at the end here. Okay. Well, let's do our top ten quarterbacks, and then we'll wrap it up with his question and go from there. So we have a situation here. We're looking at the current ADP of quarterbacks right now. We're going to go over the top ten, play a little game with each other here. Basically, it is going to be overrated, underrated, or just right within the top ten rankings of the quarterback class. I can kick it off with you guys real quick. This makes sense for all of us. Patrick Mahomes, ADP right now, sits at 13.6 based on Yahoo, um, which is the format we use. We'll be using that all year long um, for just a future reference, you guys. And so they just have some of his numbers, his projection numbers, 5,581 yards with 44.3 touchdowns. His projection, keep in mind, extra games, so they're assuming 17 games. Uh, this is a monster season for Mahomes. I mean, Mahomes, without a doubt, is the top quarterback to go after. Uh, this is a great pick, great pick, big selection for number one quarterback. I don't was there a big debate here? Can we say underrated? It's <laughs> just right, man. Number one, take it. Yeah, I'm going to say he's properly rated at 13.6 ADP in Yahoo because you know I could make a case that you, you could maybe pick him a little bit higher. I mean, he passed for 55. 100 yards last year um or that's that's i think that's the target for what they think he's going to do this year um but I, yeah i mean i i think he's properly rated i think it's a top 10 pick this year yeah, yeah. i mean in, in our league he probably will be yeah so all right going on from there we have josh allen right now at adp of 29.1 he is obviously just under mahomes when it comes to quarterback rankings um they're projecting that just under 5,000 yards passing and 38 passing touchdowns uh, I think this is the right way to go, mainly due to the situation at receiver for the Bills. Uh, I love, you know, the connection. I told you guys know how I feel about Stephon Diggs. We love Stephon Diggs. And whenever Diggs went to Buffalo from the Vikings, I was I was all over this. I loved it, and it turned out just as good, if not better, than I had imagined. It's almost a match made in heaven. It, in a way. it was a perfect match, and the way Diggs runs routes, he, he finally got the kind of quarterback he deserved, not a guy like even Justin Jefferson complains about, like Kirk Cousins. So, Correct. Um, so. I think it's a good ranking. I think it's fair. No issues there. Yep, I'm good with it. Yeah, I'm going to go with overrated on Josh Allen. Um, he threw for 4,500 yards last year. Um, I just don't think he's the second-best quarterback in the league right now, and so okay. I think he could potentially take a step back. So I'm going to go overrated on Josh Allen. All right. Overrated. All right, third here we have Kyler Murray coming in at 42.9 ADP. Um, I think this is fair. Uh, because of also, once again, the talent he has a receiver, DeAndre Hopkins being there, and his scrambling running ability. Uh, I mean, I think this is a great fantasy option. And a new face of A.J. Green, who could right. potentially be on Revive his comeback. that career potentially. That would be amazing. I'm, I like A.J. Green. I think it's been yeah. horrible to see his career dwindle away, and I think him being with a guy like Kyler Murray and with just a better system and offense in general, that it could raise his value. But to me, I think this is also fair. Once again, the top three quarterbacks, I agree with all those. I think I'm going I'm to go overrated. I don't think he's quite number three would be on the list here, but I think it's definitely a top five material. Yeah, I'm going to go underrated for Kyler Murray. I mean, he only threw for 3,900 yards last year, and so I think he's going to take a step forward this year. So I'm going to go underrated. I'm going to say he's easily in the top three. Well, he's top three right now, ADP. But you're saying he's above. Josh I could be. I think. Oh yeah. I'll so, put okay. him up. Okay. So you put him at two. Oh yeah, then. absolutely. Okay. okay. Makes sense. After that, we have Lamar Jackson 
as our fourth on the list of quarterbacks right now in current ADP at 44.6. They have him obviously under Murray and ahead of Prescott right there in the middle. Um, They're expecting about 3,400 passing yards, 29 passing touchdowns, and I disagree with those numbers. I don't think that Lamar is going to be putting up uh, you know, substantial or effective numbers like quite like that. I still like DeMar because of the rushing ability to be a top 10 fantasy quarterback, but at four, I don't think so. I think there's better guys there. I think he is overvalued right now based on his running ability. Uh, I think Lamar's just right, right where he should be. He has the uh, two abilities, like you talked about, rushing ability. And I think his passing game's going to improve this year, too, with some more young talent out there so that they received. So I think I like I like Lamar sitting at f- uh, four here. I think it's just right on where he stands. Now, I'm going to go with overrated here because I think that both Dak and Russell Wilson are, will have a better season this year. So uh, I'm going to say overrated for Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I agree, too. Because after that, we have Dak Prescott at fifth in the rankings. He's actually slated eight spots below Lamar Jackson's ADP at 52.3. So in my mind, I think Dak's going to have a phenomenal year fantasy-wise as long as he's on the field all year. you got great weapons. CeeDee Lamb going into year two. Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup. Elliott should be healthier now. I think that he's in a position where he's going to have 5,000 yards passing and roughly 40 touchdown passes, which would put him to me just behind Kyler Murray as the fourth quarterback on the list here. Yeah, I'm going to go underrated. Uh, I think Dak Prescott's where Kyler Murray is right now in the three spot, so I think Prescott's the third best option for your quarterback this year. Uh, just the fact of all his weapons. I think the biggest factor, the reason why I really put him at three, is not just what he did last season before he got hurt, but the fact that Ezekiel Elliott is actually looking great. He looks fit. He doesn't look like a bum over the from the offseason. So I think where Prescott is, I think it's underrated. Put him at three. He's going to be have a huge year this year. Yeah, I agree. Dak Prescott is definitely underrated, and I'm very high on Dak this year. I think he has top three potential, and he's got to make a statement this year. I mean, he's coming off injury, and so I'm a, I'm a big big believer in Dak, so I'm going to say underrated. Yeah, I think he could be yeah. comeback player of the year without a doubt. Yep. After Dak at six here on the ADP list, we have Russell Wilson at 54.9. Um, I, I think this is kind of a fair spot for him overall. Um, obviously, he's been consistent year in, year out with his, most of his rankings. I like Russell. I like their weapons, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Those are great guys to have on your team. Um, I think that he's just right. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it's just right, right where he should be. You know, he has some good weapons around him. I think the running game's still in question. Offensive, offensive line, obviously, is always in question for uh, Russell Wilson. So um, I like it where he's at at six. Yeah, I think you have to go with properly rated with Russell Wilson. Um, he, he's, he could have a better year or maybe a slightly worse year, but based on what he did last year with 4,200 yards um, and 40 past touchdowns i mean i don't think he's going to outdo himself but he's not going to come back down he's like mr consistency in my book so i think you know what you're going to expect from russell wilson i'll go properly rated okay yep we all agree there so after that at seven we have justin herbert quarterback for the chargers uh coming in at pick 61.6 right now on the adp list um i want to say i think he's just right but i think he's got potential to be even higher um, so I like his, you know, they're expecting from him about 4,800 pass yards, 34.9 passing touchdowns as a projection. Uh, those are big numbers. And this guy, does he have a sophomore slump or does he stay on the path he was built off of last year? 
I do like Herbert. Um, I think seven is just right for him. I'm going to say overrated. I'm a little worried about Herbert and transition with a new coach, new offense, uh, less weapons. Mike Williams is gone. Tyrell Williams, I think it wasn't with him, but I guess with the, with the Raiders. But they're even their running game's questionable right now as well. So I'm a little worried about Herbert right now being such a high spot there. I don't think he's top ten, uh, but I I anticipate. I hopefully I'm wrong because I do like Herbert, but I think it's overrated. Um, just again, just with a new system. I'm gonna say overrated only because I just I want to see his sophomore season because you know he he played like a stud last year. His ADP though right now is sixty one point six. I don't think that that's I don't think I'm willing to spend that much no. to draft him this year. And so as much as I like him as a player, I'm gonna say that he's overrated this year. I, he's not a guy that I'm gonna reach for by any means. Okay. Well, I've got two guys left on our list here that I would take over Herbert, actually. So I guess I should actually say I think he's overrated as well. So I think we all agree <laughs> with that. Um, after that, we have Aaron Rodgers, who I would take over Herbert without a doubt. So mm-hmm. um, give me Rodgers as long as we're assuming he's going to play all year. You know, let's just assume that. Um, in that case, obviously, with the numbers he put up, Mr. MVP, uh, I think he's going to have, once again, another good year, showing no signs of any reason to think otherwise. So I think Aaron Rodgers is actually underrated considering he's after Herbert. I agree. I think he's underrated for sure. I think he is, if I, even possible, be up there within the top five of the group as, as we continue to learn more about his situation. So Rodgers, Devontae Adams, they're going to have that connection again. And, of course, Tunyon, hopefully we have that as well going. So I'm going to go Rodgers being underrated. I think he is above Herbert for sure. He is supremely underrated because even if you think that he's not playing for the Packers, he's going to play for somebody this year. And he's not a guy that's going to sit out like Le'Veon Bell did a few years back and let his skill set decline. He is going to play for someone this year. And so at an ADP of 61.8, I am all over that, guys. He is underrated, and I am all over Aaron Rodgers. I don't care who he plays for. It's a great ADP. Yep. Next on the list here, coming at number nine, we have Jalen Hurts at 70.5 on the ADP list. That's such a surprise. Um, this makes no sense to me whatsoever to have him that high. And I know I was talking with someone earlier about the rushing yards and all that kind of stuff. I mean, that's fine. But even then, he didn't do that much effectively rushing the ball anyway. Keep in mind, last year in his games played, 354 yards rushing uh, on 63 attempts. So, yeah, he's had a lot of attempts. He also only averaged five and a half yards a carry, which for a quarterback is not impressive by any means. But in the passing game, you still got to throw the ball. And we, we have a guy, a sample size, where he's got 52% completion percentage, 1,000 yards passing, six touchdowns, and four picks. I mean, that's not a guy I trust at number nine on my quarterback list for fantasy. Um, Jalen Hurts is massively overrated right now. I would take probably about... 10 other quarterbacks ahead of him. Yeah, I'm going to go overrated for sure. We just talked about the Eagles last week on our, our last show about the NFC East, guys. It is good. It's not good. It's not good. It's like the Lions. It's not good, guys. So Jalen Hurts, he has a lot to prove, a lot to be there. I'd take him maybe in the top 20. I wouldn't take him in my top 10. There's two other guys sitting outside the top 10 on this list that I would rather have in spite of that. So I'm going to go overrated. Jalen Hurts isn't even in my top 20, barely in my top 20. Yeah, I think that for the first time ever, we're going to agree, all three of us on this show. I'm going to go with overrated on Jalen Hurts, and it's not because I don't like him as a player, because he could actually surprise us and have a decent season. My biggest problem with that is the fact that Tom Brady and Matthew Stafford, are, their ADPs are lower than, JD Hurt, uh, than uh, Jalen Hurts. So 
that to me is fucking ridiculous. Like you're gonna take Tom Brady and Matthew Stafford all day long. Even Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, this makes no sense. Well, that's debatable. Julio Jones and AJ Brown, but we'll the, talk the, about the that later. The bottom line is he's he's over fucking rated. That's that was my point. Yes, yeah. he is. No doubt about it. He's massively overrated in my opinion. I would not touch him at all. He's not going to be my quarterback on my team. After that, number ten to round this off for you guys, we have Tom Brady coming in at seventy-five point eight. Uh, his his number projections for the season. Uh, 5,257 passing yards with 38 touchdowns. If he does that at the age of 43, I mean, 44 coming on 44, that's going to be nuts. And, yeah, they have the talent to do it, so it's possible. Brady is underrated, as always. He's always underrated. He always. Does. Every always. year. Every year he's underrated in fantasy. Every year puts up big numbers. So, yeah, Brady uh, deserves to be more like top seven. Yeah, you're, you're giving Brady an extra game, guys. That's mm-hmm. Yeah, he is totally underrated. The guy is projecting 38 touchdowns, possibly. Now, I think he'll be above 40 for sure. Easy. With the weapons that he has, a returning chemistry with those guys. I'm going Tom Brady, underrated. Definitely keep him in your top eight. Yeah, he's he's definitely underrated. Even if you're one of these guys out there that thinks he's going to fall off a cliff, which <laughs> they've been saying for the last 12 fucking years, um, even if he falls off a cliff, it's not going to be till the playoffs or maybe even the Super Bowl. He's going to yeah. have a great regular season, so I'm going to go underrated with Tom Brady. I like it. Nice. All right, that was our first uh, top ten segment of yeah. the fantasy beginning of the season anyway. So I think mostly that we agreed on right now, so we'll see how things unfold more as training camp rolls around. To answer our question here. Did you have an idea of somebody? Yeah, actually there was a couple that came to mind. Obviously we saw the additions the Patriots made. Uh, I like Johnny Smith quite a bit. Absolutely should be somebody. But the major one to get, you're talking about after the draft potentially? After, so it's after the draft. Okay, Gerald Everett. If he's out there, Gerald Everett. I would make a move for him. So he, he did comment here later. He goes, Hunter, Hunter Henry was available. And I told okay. him to grab that guy. Yeah, if Hunter Henry was available. Sure. But Gerald Everett, him. it would be a good but spot too. If you grab it, Everett, here's the thing. He finished last year as a tight end 30 in PPR, which you might think to yourself, that's not great. But then again, he was with the Rams splitting time with Tyler Higby at the same time. Mm-hmm. He's now with the Seattle Seahawks. Age 27, still young, and I think with the situation they have in Seattle, he should be getting targets. So Everett's still very talented, great athlete, could have a season of you know roughly 500 to 600 yards receiving to go along with about you know five to six touchdowns. So if that's the case and you have no other tight end option, because if you don't get Kelsey, you might as well just say screw it. Kelsey. Kelsey. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think Everett, so. Right now, Everett's being drafted as tight end 22. Oh shit. So yeah. I'm all over that. Shit. He, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's a steal, I think, at this point. If he's available in your league, grab him. Go go ahead and grab him along with Henry and see which one performs better throughout the season. Ain't gonna hurt. Hold on to Dude, both they got them. fucking DK Metcalf. They're gonna be double teaming that motherfucker every time down yeah. the field. So. I, I yeah. Lo- and, yeah. and here's the yeah. thing: Wilson loves tight ends in the red zone. Oh, he so fucking loves Everett it, dude. With, with Wilson he together is a perfect mm-hmm. match together. Oh yeah. And going from an improved quarterback situation from Goff to Wilson. Give me Gerald Everett from a steal. His ADP is 167. All day long, dude. I mean, All day long. Give go, me go take it. Take it. And, and this guy's name is Samuel, is that right? Yeah, Samuel. All right, Samuel. I hope you're still listening. Yeah. So I hope you got that. Uh, give, Ger- give Gerald Everett a blowjob, so, by all <laughs> means. Like, that's what you want to do. So, so we'll be talking, you know, sleepers and stuff like that. Of course, later on, guys. It's only the start, guys. This is the first episode. But I want you to look at Jared Cook with the Chargers coming into play. Herbert just lost Hunter Henry, obviously. 
uh, to the Patriots. But Jerry Cook at 34, who's bounced around a few teams, had some success down in New Orleans, had some su- success with the Raiders. Look at him to be a potential clutch guy and a big target for Justin Herbert in this offense. So I'd say look at just Jerry Cook. He could potentially be a huge target for them. Love it. You guys have any final thoughts here before you watch the finals? Well, I think we need to talk a little bit of uh, USA basketball here because we what's have there to a, talk about? We have a tragedy going on right now in USA basketball because they're being trashed. Well, they got trashed in exhibition games. Not even the real games. They're getting destroyed in the exhibition games. So KD can't carry a team. It's it's a little bit of a problem because they just lost to Nigeria and Australia. Now they did bounce back. They're, they're not losing to bums, okay? So I want to make no. that clear right now. These are NBA players Correct. that they're playing against, but they lost their first two exhibition games. And my biggest issue here is the fact that they have a poor roster construction. And let, let's just look at the uh, roster here, guys. So we got Jason Tatum. We got Draymond Green. And we got who else? Uh Kevin Durant, we got Brad Beal, Bam Adebayo, Zach Levine, Dame Lillard, Kevin Love. I mean, that's a great roster. But the problem with these guys is nobody's there to run the offense. So you got a bunch of shooters, you got a bunch of scorers, but nobody's there to orchestrate the offense except for Draymond Green. But the problem with Draymond Green is we don't look at him as a true point guard. And so he's the not other a point issue, guard. No, but but he's the only one there that's willing to defer. Everybody else is just they just want to score, and so all the other thing you got is you got Popovich as the coach, and all he wants to do is fucking get angry and bitch out the reporters every time they hold a press conference after the game because they ask dumb questions. Right. So my issue with this team is there's no no person to run the offense, and you've got guys like. Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, and Devin Booker that are on the team, but they can't play right now because they're playing the NBA Finals. And so I think the biggest loss for them right now is the fact they don't have Drew Holiday because that's the only true point guard that they have to run the offense. And so these guys that are playing the Finals right now, they, they agreed to play for USA Basketball, but we don't know if they're going to show up or not. But if you could get a guy like Drew Holiday on there to at least run the offense, I think they'll be much better off because outside of that, you've, you've got one rim protector on the whole team. And we all know that international rules are much different than the NBA. Correct. So you're allowed to foul the shit out of players. And so if Bam Adebayo is your only rim protector – you're going to have some problems in international play. So, I don't know. What are you guys' thoughts on that? I, I think that their roster is a disaster right now unless they can get uh, the guys right now that are playing in the finals. Well, Popovich adjusted his roster against Argentina a couple of days ago, and they came out They came out firing. He put the scores in, right? He, made, he put scores as the starters, and he rearranged it a little bit, and they came out flying. I'm not too worried about his exhibition games. Uh, I'm hoping Durant and Lillard can, you know, finally lead a team to something here. So, uh, but obviously they are missing some key pieces. So when things start, when when they start losing real games, then I'll be a little bit more worried. But exhibition, they're still trying to figure out each other. Popovich is still trying to figure out a lineup. I'm not too concerned. All right. So what's your level of concern, Mike? Because right now I'm sitting here thinking that they, these guys are going to get a bronze medal. 
They're going to get a bronze no, medal, it, which is look, when you're talking about the American team, that's pretty shitty. It is. I'm not going to lie. Like I'm, I'm watching this finals game in the corner here, and <laughs> I don't give a damn about what goes on otherwise. Of basketball. But, but you should give a damn no. because three of the fucking players that are on USA Basketball are playing in the finals right now. I don't care about anything that goes on with USA Basketball. Mm. It doesn't matter to me whatsoever. That's my personal thoughts. I don't, you know, and I know your brother is a big Olympics guy. I don't follow the Olympics closely either. So then again, it's also basketball, which we all know how I feel about basketball. So, you know, I like my sons, but otherwise, I don't give a damn about what's going on with USA basketball. Yeah. Look, Jason, that, you just need to chill out for a minute. Let's get started in real play and let's see what happens, right? We're in exhibition. They're figuring out the lineups. It'll be fine. Well, my whole thing is I like, think we'll be a goal. They're all trying to compare themselves to the dream team of 1992, and they all know that they have no fucking chance of comparing themselves. There's no so chance to compare yourself to LeBron's. There's no chance to compare 2013. LeBron's gold team. You ain't going to do that. You LeBron, can't leave. LeBron, he didn't do shit. That yeah. was Carmelo's team. Hey, Carmelo get out. Led that fucking I'm done team. with you. All right. All right. Mike, now, I got nothing is else. You want to start talking about Major League Baseball, right? Is that the point well, you're I just want to wanna, right now? Look, I just want to shout out to Guerrero to join the Griffies and the Bonds as a Ooh, home run. Yeah. Uh, home run and an all-star. So Vlad Jr. is doing such a great year, too. You should buy some rookie cards. I've already uh, got the rookie cards. All right. We'll keep going. I'm, I'm fully and then, invested in his ass. Shout out to the KC Royals. Mr. Perez with 27 bombs. He was the second most in the first round. And if he wasn't paired up with that, uh, with Pete Alonzo, who ended up winning it, he would advance to the next round. So shout out to Perez. He wouldn't be anybody else there. Bring back yeah. the old, bring back the old format. He's better than Mustakas did for us a few years ago. Yeah. So. Bring back the old format. Yeah. But that's all I, I got. I agree with all that. So yeah, shout out to Perez. It's a big support. We love him very much. So, all right, you guys. Well, thank you so much for joining. Uh, next week we're going to cover another NFC team, uh, or NFC uh, division, division, I should say. Um, so we'll go from there, do this each week leading up to the season, and I hope you guys enjoy the show. And Hopefully we get to wrap follow. up this NBA talk, and we can bring a lot more fancy talk in. That's true. Once the NBA Finals are done, we're going fantasy, and we're doing Chiefs more. we got training camp coming up August 5th is when we're going as a group. Um, so that is what's in the works. Yep, excited guys. So give us a follow on Twitter and like and here, subscribe on YouTube as well. Thank you guys very much. I appreciate it. So I will see you all on the next one. Thanks guys. We are out. Hashtag sons are in trouble. See you guys.